0: Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hey, hello everyone. My name is Jason. Welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. I'm originally from California, but now I'm living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. And today with me is Bebe.
1: Yes, you sound excited, Jason. Hi, everybody. <laughs> Hi, Jason. <laughs> So, what's the interesting topic today? You know,
0: I think a lot of people are interested in mythology. and you know,
1: Mythology.
0: Mythology. So, you know, like, people look up at stars, have for thousands of years, and they make up stories. You mm. know, I really find interesting, sometimes there are correlations between different mythologies. Mm. So, some, some of the times I've heard about, a little bit about Chinese mythology, and I'm like, oh, that sounds like this other myth that I heard from Greece or mm. wherever. And I thought it'd be fun to, you know, just explore a little bit about some of the similarities or maybe you know just whatever is you know sure. out there. Okay. And I know that you are something of an expert on mythology. Well,
1: I think it was what 2 years ago, um I recorded a podcast called Chinese Folktales. At least I recorded like part of it. I don't remember how many stories, mm. but it tells about some of the most basic um Chinese mythology. But it's it's been 2 years and I'm like older now. So they're not exactly very fresh in my memory. <laughs> well,
0: for our listeners who enjoyed this particular episode, they can go and find you again yes. in that podcast and they Chinese can follow up folk and tales. get a lot more exposure.
1: What's it called again? Chinese folktales.
0: Chinese Folk Tales. So for the, our yep. listeners who enjoy this episode, you can go and hear Baby's amazing voice and learn more about Chinese mythology.
1: Sure. Why not? <laughs>
0: so, you know, this is... One thing that I found interesting is uh, in this is I'm gonna let you fill in the Chinese mythology, but there's the story of the flood in the West,
1: hmm.
2: and
0: there was this great flood that encompassed the world, and this. Family survived by getting on an ark, mm. and this is a really famous story in the West. And there's something similar with this uh, a goddess named Nuwa. Am I saying that right? Nuwa, yeah,
1: yeah. We yes. Can
0: so how does how does the flood story in China go? How does that?
1: I I don't really associate floods with Nuwa. Oh, really? She's basically she's basically you know the first like goddess. Is it Fushi? Right. Fushi. Uh, Fushi supposedly was her brother. Uh. And they both had like snake tails, but they were like the the very beginning of Chinese mythology. Hmm. They were the people like Nüwa was the one who created human beings. Ooh. And then everything started from there.
0: I heard this story. Maybe uh, you could correct me that there's a god or a, a magical person. I don't know. Named Gong, Gong 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 caused the flood by banging his head on the sky or something <laughs> And then there was, uh, you can correct me. And then Nuwa uh, built a tower and then like saved people or something.
1: Uh, yeah, well, things happened, right? After she created people from mud. That's how the story went. Um. So basically, you know, at the very beginning of time in Chinese mythology, uh, there was only Nuwa. And she was very bored. I mean, she had this whole beautiful landscape. I mean, the whole world was like a national reserve park nice, for her. Nice, very nice. But, yeah, but she was only by herself, mm, you know? Mm. How much fun can you have? Yeah. And then one day she's like, yeah, she was just uh, thinking about her, how lonely she was. And she was sitting by this river and she was playing with mm. mud. Um, she was like, you know what? It would be nice if... I can create someone else just like me, so we can talk. So I have a companion. Mm, mm. And then she started like making mm. mud figures with the mud, and um, you know she was very careful with the hair and everything because she she could see herself, you know, her own reflection mm, on the water. Mm. So she made something mm. that's that looked exactly like her. And then, of course, mm. she uh, she had to do something magical, and she blew her breath. Wow! You know, at this uh, mud statue. <laughs> And guess what, Jason? Hmm. <laughs> the little moth figure came to life. Have you yeah. have you
0: read Genesis? Because this is very similar to like that myth. Because in that,
1: I have tried to read well, it, but didn't make it far. Well, the
0: story is no. basically the same. That like you know. This god, like, creates a person out of, like, dirt Mm. and then blows air into Mm. his nose and he comes to life. So it's very, very similar.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, she started producing more because, you know, she saw this little chubby baby running toward her saying, Mama, Mama, that's how we say mommy. Mm. Oh, her heart just melted. Can you
2: just imagine? (laughs) She had
1: been lonely for thousands of years or maybe even more. And here comes this little you know, chubby little thing, as cute as you can imagine. And then she said, I'm going to make more of
2: these. (laughs) She started
1: making more and more and more and more of these uh, mud figures. Mm. But then it was very exhausting. So later on, what she did was she took a twig from like maybe a willow tree or something. Mm -hmm. And she she dipped it in mud and then just started swinging it. So there are like mud drops flying everywhere. And these also became little people. Yeah. yeah, So that's like mass production time for human beings it wasn't as carefully made <laughs> but um you know there are more uh, of these little people now and she that was
0: explains my hairline yeah <laughs> she should she should have been more careful <laughs> <laughs> should have spent
1: a little more time huh <laughs> anyhow so she wasn't lonely anymore and she was kind of the mom right taking charge taking care of all these you know weak human beings And as you mentioned, um, you know, one time there was this great flood, and I think it was caused by a turtle, like in the ocean, Hmm. that was flipping in ways that was too dramatic, and causing (laughs) waves. And then there was a hole in the sky, and fire started dropping. I think people were just uh, um, kind of paraphrasing or describing the natural disasters. Yeah, yeah. Imagine volcano exploding and fire. Yeah. yeah, things like that. And these little people were like, oh my goodness, mommy, you know, this, there's a wall of water coming at us. Um, and, but of course, Nuwa grabbed all of them and I think they moved on to higher grounds. And then she took some of these colored stones... And melted them, and then uh, patched up the sky. Wow! So he stopped raining fire, and then she kind of went to the turtle and just like scared the heck out of him. <laughs> He's like, "Don't do this anymore." <laughs> um, Bad turtle. <laughs> exactly. Stop turning and turning up everything. Um, but I think eventually she was so exhausted by all these endeavors. I think she just, you know, went up into the heavens maybe on the b- oh,
0: so she retired
1: uh, yeah a, a nice way of saying it she's basically telling her that you know babies um i've tried my best but i'm like done exhausted I thought she was
0: bored doesn't she want some companion like you know anyways no
1: she she yeah, went really up because she you know passed away oh like she was oh. so exhausted from all these efforts like in chinese culture uh when they describe let's say emperor passing mm. Or some important they go into the sky. Um, figure. Yeah, they ride on the back of like green dragons or something mm-hmm. like that, and they fly up into the sky. It's just a nicer way of saying it.
0: Turtles, and this this is not exactly the what you've been described, but you know, in Africa and in the Middle East and in Europe. Uh, oftentimes the earth has been described as you know a disc on the back of a turtle hmm. and so there, there are even stories that that turtle is on another bigger turtle hmm. and that turtle is on another bigger turtle and it's turtles all the way down that's literally the quote hmm. it's really famous in the west turtles all the way down hmm. so you know you mentioned there's a giant turtle in the ocean doing flips and stuff it kind of <laughs> reminded me of that a little yeah, bit yeah
1: turtles appear a lot turtles holds a special place in Chinese culture. You know, on the one hand, people respect it because they live for so long and Mm -hmm. they don't need to, you know, run on the treadmill or do yoga (laughs) or like go on a, I don't know, they're probably on a diet anyway. But they don't seem they don't seem to be do much, you know?
0: Five, four, five, six, seven thousand years ago, I don't think anyone was running on a treadmill. <laughs>
1: yeah, but the point is, you know, there, there is um, like this method, quote unquote, this method of uh, health keeping mm,
2: mm, that mm. is,
1: uh, I think it's called 鬼西大法, which means like you rest like a turtle. Mm. And that's how you preserve your energy. Um, and that's how you, you know, one way of mm, 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 living a long life. Now, of course, the most popular one, the more popular method now is for you to exercise, right? You train your muscles. Even your heart has to be trained. You run until your heart heart pumps and it gets used to it, gets stronger. So these are like totally the opposites. (laughs) I don't know which one works better. I
0: know. I I certainly, well, I certainly know that if I take a week off from like... I go cycling at least a couple times a week for in total of at least minimum four hours or so. And yeah. the weeks that I do not do that, I feel mm. miserable. Like later, oh. like at first, it's like, yay, I'm relaxed, woohoo! But mm-hmm. then, like a few days pass when I should have been exercising, and I I don't feel as good. I, I you de- I definitely need to like get out there. And Is like, it
1: because like get everything going that you actually cycle to these like you know bubble tea places <laughs> and <laughs> or other fun places out there? but i i I think um it's good to get some exercise but then people um the the funny thing is like when you say turtle in in one way people will say you know wish you longevity just like Mm, the turtle mm, mm. but then in other instances it's it's like a curse word like they use another word but they also refer to turtle Mm. so i don't know where that comes from it's just you gotta be a little careful when it comes to um words about turtles (laughs)
0: <laughs> well, okay, but, I'll, I'll watch my Yeah, uh, don't Chinese. describe
1: anyone as turtles, <laughs> just, just like that. <laughs>
0: in America, describing someone as a pig is a really bad thing, oh. but I noticed that <laughs> well. there are a lot of <laughs> movies where they're like, cartoon people become pigs in the movie, like there's a new movie with Joe Dongyu that came out in the last year or two, mm. and sometimes when she's running around, they'll the movie will switch and she's a pig, huh. and I know that there, there are pigs in a lot of movies and stuff, and like people are, they come from the year of the pig, and mm. so it seems like in China, it's not so much an insult to be associated with pigs. Whereas in like the West, it's like if you say call someone a pig, you're basically saying <laughs> that they are lazy and like they eat too much and all kinds of other things. I
1: think it implies similar things in Chinese culture, too. But then another aspect of being a pig is that you don't have to do much. You know, your life is pretty good until the last moment when mm-hmm. you were sent to the butcher.
0: Oh, So it means happiness. Well,
1: it's an easy like- life. Right? Easy life. Um, yeah. So I think actually the zodiac year of the pig, it's a decent year to have babies. Like people mm. like that year. They call it the golden pig because it's a symbol of affluence. Right? You mm. have um, you have someone feeding you. Right? You never run <laughs> out of food. You don't have to run on a treadmill or
2: <laughs> or,
0: or do other. You really hate treadmills. Vigorous
1: exercise <laughs> 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 or, or any form of like exercise um so i guess there are two sides Mm -hmm. but you do see um pick characters in movies i mean there's this popular one right the journey to the west yeah 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 in which there's the monkey and there's the pig yeah Yeah, yeah. and he he's pretty he's pretty lazy i mean he's a
0: decent person it's really interesting about his character is that when he's he he has two forms he sometimes he's a pig and sometimes he's this ridiculously <laughs> handsome man it's all right. so i don't know I always, I always didn't understand that because like he transfers into this like schweiger you <laughs> right. know handsome guy and then he transfers at other times back into like pig right. and from my perspective in my western mind i'm like wait a minute so is he like really bad <laughs> looking or really good looking i'm not sure um, <laughs>
1: I forgot the story. I mean, it's something that I grew up watching, but I didn't really study the like what's mm-hmm. behind the story. Like he was a some sort of some form of God in heaven, mm. and then he did something wrong, I guess, and got uh. sent down to Earth, and he fell into a pig pen. Um, uh. I don't know if that's how he turned into a pig, or he was actually like some kind of pig-related God back in heaven. Mm. I don't remember, but. Um, he's, yeah, he's described as someone who's, you know, pretty lazy and he's always thinking about what to eat and he likes women Mm -hmm. and uh, doesn't really want to do much else, but Uh, But in his heart, he's, uh, you know, he's a decent Mm. character. Yeah, He usually ends
0: up doing the right thing at the end of like the movies I see. Yeah. Even in spite of the fact he does bad things along the way or something.
1: But these bad things are just like natural impulses. You know, he's as good as checking them. Mm. I think that's all. Yeah. (laughs)
0: So I wanted to really quickly, because I, I have a background in history, kind of talk about uh the structure of Western history really briefly. I know that's not gonna sound interesting, Ooh. so I'm gonna do it as briefly as possible. No, it's interesting.
2: So, yeah. Well, maybe
0: for you. You're mm. because you know, you and I are advocates.
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. So uh America tries to draw its uh history from Western Europe, which tries to draw its history from Ancient Rome and Greece and Egypt. So oftentimes, even though America is a very short-lived country, it's only been there for a couple hundred years, really. And it's only been like populated by... Europeans for the last 500 years or so like mm. they draw a lot of people draw their 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 mythology mm. from Greece and which Rome copied Greece Greece op- op- often copied Egypt so there's a mélange which means mixture of like Egyptian and Greek and Roman mythologies that mm. like prop up a lot of American kind of thinking mm-hmm. and so we look we look to Greece and so one of the big things that happened in Greece was uh, this writer after there was a dark age, and this a writer named Homer wrote a book hmm. called uh, "The Odyssey." Odyssey, the Odyssey, and the Odyssey has the foundation of like Greco-Roman thinking in it, and so you have like gods like Athena, who is the god of vic- goddess of victory and of wisdom, hmm. and you have the god Mars, who's the god of war, and you have the god Jupiter or Zeus at that time. Jupiter is the Roman version of Zeus, who is like the like the main central god who shoots lightning and thunder down and stuff. Hmm. And you have and you have all of these other and Venus, the goddess of beauty, and they come out of like this uh, chapter or this literally this book or two Mm -hmm. books, the, the Odyssey and the Iliad written by, by uh, Homer Mm -hmm. about this period call around based around the Trojan war. Mm. And so like, I think it's really interesting because Zeus becomes Jupiter and Jupiter becomes like one of the central gods of like uh, the Romans and Jupiter, his, his full name is Jupiter capitoline Maximus and the, even the word capital, Mm -hmm. like as in the, the center point of a country Mm -hmm. comes from this this god jupiter Mm. so like to have a capital at all comes from this whole entire mythological thing Mm. the entire structure of western society is based on these these myths and i think that's really really interesting
1: you know what um i don't think we spend enough time studying history from i spent uh high school in and college in the u.s but i don't think i spent as much time studying history But it should be pretty important. Mm. I do. I do remember reading Greek mythology, though. It was. It was like torture Mm. for Mm. me because Mm. that's when I first arrived in the states, and that was one of the first books assigned in English class. Mm. And at that time, all the English I knew was like, "How are you? I'm fine. Thank you." And then I was given this Greek mythology. I, I remember myself just crying my eyes out because I just couldn't understand what it was all about. And I think the reason why. Um I couldn't understand a lot of things that were going on in Greek mythology because to be honest there are a lot of odd things there. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. odd relationships. Um, like things I don't even want to mention on the radio. Yeah. <laughs> so just brothers
0: and sisters and yeah, was, all doing all kinds of strange things. I know. Like <laughs> that
1: is just not one eyed
0: monsters.
1: Uh, yeah. yeah. Like monsters are okay, but it's more like their conduct, mm, 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 you know, mm. like you shouldn't be messing with your mother there. Hey, or, you know, sisters and brothers and, you know, stay off each other. So th- those kind of things were so outside my yeah. understanding yeah. of the world, especially at that time. Mm. You know, but at that time I was like, what, 15?
2: Yeah,
1: I didn't even know that there were gays and le- lesbians at that time. Mm, mm, so I, I, you know, I grew up in this really rather innocent <laughs> um, environment. And then when I was hit with Greek mythology, it wasn't just the language was hard for me, but the things they did was just out, so out of the ordinary. Mm, mm, um, mm. And I grew up listening to... Uh, mythology chinese mythology Mm. but you will find that in chinese mythology the only weird parts is that like gods or goddesses they live longer Mm. or they live forever Mm. or they can flow up to the sky yeah right and they have this moral responsibility of keeping things in check Mm. right and the dragons can spray out water to water the fields Um, Things like that. That's the magical power they have, Hmm. but they don't really do weird things. You know what I mean?
0: (laughs) Yeah, you're right. It's just not
1: part of the story. Yeah, Zeus was
0: always going around seducing like different people, and his wife Hera was always (laughs) like, "What are you doing? Why is why is it with the with?" And he used to transform into like dove or like some bird or something, and then then Mm. yeah, it's really bizarre stories. You're absolutely right. But you know, I wear. A Picio. Mm. And so I know a little bit about this mythology. Oh. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but the Piso used to be one of the nine sons of uh Huangdi, the the, the, uh, mm. the main
1: god, right? The yellow emperor. Yeah yeah, mm. and so
0: uh he was naughty or something, so he got turned into this like beast, which is kind of like a dog, but it has like the antlers and other, yeah, you know, anthropomorphized kind of parts. Mm-hmm. But then it he defecated on the throne room floor. Oh, and so the god, the main god, spanked him so hard that his, um. He who could no longer defecate ever oh, again. Oh, His his, his, <laughs> his like ability to defecate was gone. So now he can only eat only gets like diamonds and gold and money and stuff,
2: ah. and he
0: keeps it in his body forever because he can't mm. let it out. Mm. And so th- I keep it around because uh, a Taoist. I went to a lot of Taoist temples and they were like, oh, this is like a reminder Hmm. that to save money because you take the money in, but then you don't let the money out. So I wear it as a reminder to myself not to be too frivolous with money, you know?
1: Okay. Well, it it might sound greedy to some people, like what this uh, magical beast did, like they swallow diamonds and stuff. But I guess that was a nice twist Um, into, you know, (laughs) reminder to be frugal. Yeah. Mm. Um, and he's also one of those. Uh, if you go to the um, Forbidden City, mm. right? Sometimes at the end of the the curved up roofs, mm. you see a line of little yeah yeah uh, statues of beasts. And I think uh, that's one of them. Yeah, I I did like the whole a whole series on these magical beasts, but there were like so many of them. Mm. Um, mm. I I can't distinguish one from another. If you are interested, guys, you can listen to the podcast Chinese Folk Tales. And there's like, you know, it goes from the ancient Chinese history to more modern times and all those fairies and goddesses. These are, I think they are mild stories compared to, you know, what goes on in Greek mythology, Um, but it's also more pleasant, I think.
0: you mentioned the monkey king there's a lot of stuff there This, like you know at some point i don't remember exactly but at some point he leaves to go to heaven or something to watch the horses or something the magical horses and like some other like deity comes down and kills all of his like family and like his Mm. tribe and when he comes back they're all dead (laughs) Uh, you know so there's some there's some like you know tragic stuff Mm. going on in chinese mythology here and there it's not all like no happy dragons shooting water (laughs) you know there's some there's some you know twists and turns too
1: Oh yeah, definitely. It's not just about happy stories. Or
0: the Monkey King doesn't destroy heaven at one point accidentally or something. Not
1: the whole thing. Like monkeys are naughty, right? They they do they're mischievous, right? Um, So one time he I don't think he destroyed the whole heaven, but like at least one of the orchards. Mm -hmm. So there is um, this goddess, like goddess mother, or I think he's the the west or something. So she has this whole palace and also a peach orchard in heaven. So one time, he, she wanted to host this huge party for all the deities. And uh, it doesn't happen mm. very mm. often. So it's a, it's a quite, quite a great honor if you are invited. And the Monkey King was not, because he was like the lowest, at the lowest mm. rank. You know, he was like the rank of a sesame. <laughs> <laughs> to describe how small his um, um, duty or responsibility ability was when it comes to the ranking so he wasn't very happy that he was not invited and i think he disguised himself and actually went to the party in heaven and or maybe i'm am i just making it up well at one point he can
0: transform into like whatever image he wants anyhow yeah.
1: i forgot the details but he got into the pit uh he got into the peach orchard and guess what happens when monkeys go into a peach orchard he, he
0: ate, ate a lot of right pieces. they will i'm just guessing
1: yeah, but these are not ordinary peaches. These were peaches that, these peach trees do not bear fruit. Like, they, they bear fruit every 3,000 years. Wow. Basically. And if you eat one of these, you'll live forever. Wow, that's, you know, so I think place? these deities... <laughs> uh, in heaven. Oh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's Too a little bad. bit far. <laughs> I don't know if you can get there on rockets yet, but you can ask Elon Musk. Yeah. But anyhow... So um, these are very precious peaches. And I think the deities who were invited to the party would be each given one of these peaches, you know, as precious gifts. But because the monkey got in there and the way monkeys eat, it's a terrible habit is that they will take a bite from one peach and then, you know, throw it away and then go on to another. Oh. peach, Right. And then one bite or two bites and then throw another away. So basically, he can damage or ravage, is that the word? Yeah, yeah. The whole orchard in like, you know, a few minutes or a few hours. So guess how mad the mother of heaven was when she discovered that. You know, you spent so much time party planning with all the important (laughs) deities. Right. Checking in. And when you are so proud to show them your immortality peaches and all these what you see are like eaten peaches on the, on the ground. Right. Mm. And um, so he was punished. Um, he was sent down. I think that's when he was sent down to Earth. And he was trapped under a mountain for 500 years. Mm, mm, mm. And then came the story of, um, you know, the monk going to India. Uh,
0: Rescues him somehow from the hole in the ground. And then based on the amount of movies I've seen about the monkey king, because there's like at least one, sometimes two every year. Like, I think there's a lot of liberties taken by a lot of folks. Well, see, for us, for
1: my generation, uh, the 80s generation, there's only one movie or one TV series about the monkey king. And that's the one mm. I think came yeah. out in 1986. And it was so well made mm. that people, even nowadays, like in the summertime, there's, there's more well, anytime, actually, the people are still watching it. Nothing has surpassed it, um, even though it's made like, you know, decades ago. Yeah, I
0: watched a few episodes. And
1: in the, I mean, the, the like special effects and everything was like rudimentary, Yeah, but it was back in the 80s hmm. and they, back then they were not. So hard pressed for time, mm. you know, like you you take on a project and you do it for years. And I think they spend at least six years shooting their movie, shooting that particular movie. Uh, it's a TV series, actually. Mm. And they traveled all around China, finding just a right spot for them. And they might even have gone abroad. I'm not too sure. But there are certain locations where you need to have this like Western feel or Indian feel. So anyway.
0: You said Fushi have snake tails, but there are two other goddesses. One is green and one is white. And they are also snake women. Is that right? Right? Oh,
1: that's another story. (laughs) Yeah, these are um, snake fairies. These are good snakes, though. And there's a very, very extremely popular TV series um, made about basically the main character is the the white snake yeah Mm. she's you know she's supposed to be in the mountains practicing her was it Taoist? you know you're supposed to live in a like temple or something and practice for thousands of years Mm. and i think she did that for like a thousand years Uh, and she had this uh really good girlfriend um she's a green snake Mm. they decided just to take a peek and uh they came on a rainy day and i think they dropped down to earth at uh on the west lake Mm. I mean, it's an absolutely beautiful spot in Hangzhou. Mm, 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 mm. And they came on a rainy day, and they didn't bring any umbrellas, right? Mm. And just when they were trying to find a spot to hide, they saw a boat coming their way with this handsome dude standing, you know, on the boat. And and, and of course, he had an umbrella. Mm, mm. So he lent them the umbrella, and the snake fairy... Of course, fell in love. That's all it takes. You know, Generally, instantly. Bring an umbrella. <laughs> That's all it takes. Yeah, like she was down on Earth for like two minutes. Wow. <laughs> and she fell in love. And she's like, I'm not going back, <laughs> right? No, of course, when you borrow an umbrella, you have to return it, don't you? Hmm. Right? Just like how you borrow books and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they went back to, uh, to give it back and they discovered that this is a very um polite and educated young man it's just he was just perfect you know perfect for her so she decided to stay down on earth mm-hmm. and of course that's like against the rule yeah right in heaven and i think was it her brother or someone came down and you know a whole thing no, no no maybe not her brother that's like another story with the lotus flowers so anyhow you know they got married and she was even pregnant um, but then there's this monk in the nearby temple, you know, who was fixated, um, exterminating like all kinds of monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, and he considered her to be one kind of monster. So there was a whole story about how he tried to get rid of her. Wow. And of course, she doesn't want to leave her husband or um, her happy life on Earth. So there was this like whole battle and flooding and eventually her son rescuing her because she was like, you know, stuck at the end, the bottom of a tower or things like that. Sorry, I could go on forever. Uh, I
0: think a lot of people are interested because the reason a lot of these get... Retold is because they're entertaining. People, people love sitting around like a mm-hmm. campfire or whatever, and just hearing stories. And that's why they've been retold so much. Right. But I want to tell a story, and this sure. is actually not as well known in the West as it is anywhere. Actually, is one of the it's a little known thing. But I, I'm nerd, so. Mm-hmm. There's this uh goddess in Egypt, ancient Egypt called Wadjet, W A D J E T, Wadjet called Buto in um mm-hmm. in uh, by the Greeks. Oh. And she was a snake goddess. The reason I bring this up is because it's similar to the snake goddesses of uh China, not the the story's not similar, actually, but that there is a goddess and that mm-hmm. she is a snake. Always, oh, that reminds me of these Chinese myths I hear a little bit about. Mm-hmm. And so she she was the goddess of the Lower Nile. So that means the southern part of the Nile River in Egypt. Mm. And when it would flood, it was because of her. As she Sometimes she would be depicted as having a snake body and a human face. Mm. Or sometimes she was depicted as having a human body with a snake face. Mm-hmm. Anyways, later when the Egyptian gods... From the north and the south were like kind of coming together and being fused into one religion. Mm-hmm. She ended up becoming the snake on the crown. So you know oh. the, how there's a snake on the crown of the pharaoh in Egypt. Right. That snake is her. So she, it, it is the goddess of the lower Nile, mm-hmm. and she's also she has a holiday once a year. Mm-hmm. That has been celebrated for thousands of years, and it is called the Going Forth of Wajet, and it occurs three days after the uh, winter solstice. Mm -hmm. And the reason for the Egyptians this particular date is chosen is the winter solstice is the shortest day Mm. of the northern hemisphere. And so the actual the actual it doesn't change that much until about three days later, Mm -hmm. the sun begins to make the days slightly longer just by like a minute Mm -hmm. and so this this choice of about three days after winter solstice may be because that is when it's going to become more and more light over the planet in the northern hemisphere and that's the promise of spring and summer
1: coming these are things we read about and we learn and Mm -hmm. probably no Mm -hmm. one really knows exactly you know what happened um but these are interesting stories um i remember reading about like architecture Uh, or some of these ancient buildings um, in Egypt and how sunlight plays a part into how they were positioned, right? Mm -hmm, It's like at certain hours during the day, um, like the shadow is supposed to be this way and that. Mm -hmm. It was all very intriguing. I think back then people took so much longer to do things, you know, to think about things, to design things, to paint, to write. Unlike nowadays, everything is you know, as fast as how we talk.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I, I want to add something else about yeah. snakes, just a little bit more. I think I read somewhere that, at least in Chinese mythology, like when you see paintings from uh, of these ancient mythological figures, mm-hmm. a lot of them would be would have a snake somewhere. Mm. You know, it's either a part of their body or they're holding something with a snake on it, or they have earrings that are that are snakes. Basically, it's an indication that this is, a, you know, some sort of goddess. This mm, mm. figure has, snake is a symbol of that. You know,
0: I, well, I think it would be interesting, if you're an ancient person, right, you're looking around, a lot of animals have, like, legs or, you know, hooves and feet, mm. but the snake is very unique, you know? It's like, oh, okay, this one moves way different from everything else. Right. And so it would be a fascination, right, with that. You would you would be like, wow, why is this one different? And maybe it would stick in your psyche. Yeah. Very and what deeply.
1: does he do? And then, Ouch! And they will remember <laughs> this is a special animal. Yeah. So. I mean,
0: I think there, there are some historical lessons you can learn from some myths like the, uh, the Trojan War. They build this giant hmm. wooden horse. And they give it the the, the right. Greek army gives it to the uh, the Trojans, and they say, "Hey, here's this giant wooden horse. We're leaving." And they mm-hmm. leave, but then they hide their ships around another part of the island where they cannot be seen. And then the the Trojans think, "Oh, we win!" Mm-hmm. And they bring the uh, wooden horse into the city, and then they have a giant party. Mm. And then secretly, the Greeks have these soldiers hidden inside the horse who go. Unlock the gate. So The Greeks crawl out of the uh, the body of the wooden horse and then they unlock the gates and then the Greek army comes in and pen- finally sacks Troy after like a 10 year siege or something. And so mm. this actually does teach a lesson about, oh, be careful even when you think you've won. Maybe you haven't won. Maybe it's a trick. But I think a mm. lot of myths don't actually teach something. I think a lot of myths mm. are just there for the entertainment value.
1: Or they're there to scare your kids, you know, when they're not behaving. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know but <laughs> see I, I think if you want to talk about the purpose of mythology mm. um one purpose i think it's important is that humans need to know and humans need to have something that they fear now maybe this sounds a little bit bad but by fear i mean respect and fear you know in in chinese there's a character um, it's a word 敬畏, but it has two characters mm. the first character means respect And the other, the second character means um, like you fear whatever it is. Now we think of fear as something terrible, Hmm. but imagine right a human race, not in fear of anything. Hmm. You know, we think we're the strongest or we think there is no enemy for us. That is a a terribly um, dangerous belief. Now, the, for example, for the, in the past two years, we know that even though we are pretty much at the uh, the top of the food chain, but there are these tiny little things called viruses mm, mm, that can kill us. Yeah. We don't see it on the chain, but it's there. So instead of thinking of it as like, uh, you know, the top of we're standing at the top of the pyramid, let's think of it as like a circle, right? Mm. It, it just goes on. There are things that can defeat us. And so, I mean, virus is also... its very
0: insightful. Yeah,
1: virus is also a part of nature. So I think it's uh, one way of, uh, maybe back then, you know, when you tell your kids this, and, you know, they should know that, oh, you know, there are things that I should be afraid of. There are things that I should not do. For example, you know, I, I shouldn't anger nature, hmm. right? I shouldn't break too many natural laws or or go against natural forces, mm-hmm. Um, so if you want me to to choose a human race, who, you know, is not afraid of anything, and one that has certain reserves of fear, right, to know their own limitations, I think it's safer to have the second set, Mm. right, to know that we are not invincible. That, you know, there are forces that can kill us <laughs> if we are not careful. I mean, that's
0: very grand. And mm-hmm. like you, you're looking at the whole of like civilization when you're talking about it that way. I want to give you something a little smaller. Sure. So in, in Germany, they have a more recent, fairly modern mythology. Uh, it's only two or three hundred years old called the thumb cutter. Hmm. So this is something that Germans, I don't know if they do it anymore. I think they still do. Some families anyway. They have this story of the thumb cutter. Mm. And if it, it, it's tell, told to young children who can't stop sucking on their thumbs. Oh. And they say, <laughs> oh, if you don't stop sucking on your thumbs during the night when you're sleeping, the thumb cutter will come oh, and gosh. chop your thumbs off.
1: Oh, my and God. so
0: like this is a way to terrify children into stopping sucking their thumbs. There, that
1: is terrifying. And we struggled with that problem until my daughter was like five years old. Like she was fully five. Mm. And it was that was at the start of the pandemic. And that's when she finally stopped one day. No, we, we struggled for years with this problem. You know, her sucking on her thumb. Mm. I'm like, why do you do that? She's like, I don't know. It just f- tastes good. And then when she finally stopped, we were like all frustrated by then. Right? She, she's been doing this for like four or five years. Mm-hmm. And then at the beginning of the pandemic, she just stopped. Maybe because we told her about the virus and how scary it is. Oh. And I asked her, so why did you stop? She's like, well, I discovered that it doesn't really taste that good anyway.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but we were very happy. Like, we were so happy that we were about to light, you know, firecrackers in celebration <laughs> because it was so much, you know, and she was so much trouble. We were so afraid of her catching things. Yeah. <laughs>
0: in terms of like these kind of things it seems like people are always writing them Mm. so like when I was a kid there was this weird story that if you peeled an apple like in one single cut that means you start carving at the top and you finish and you throw it into a bucket of water at midnight or something and you look into the water you'll be able to see your future bride or husband
2: Really? yeah I
0: know so this is this is not an ancient thing this is like something people made up in the last few decades presumably or like there's a scary one I heard when I was a kid like if you say like something i don't remember the words Mm -hmm. anymore but some scary thing in the dark and look into a mirror three times you'll see like you know the day (laughs) that you're gonna die these things the day that you're gonna die yeah but these things are not like old they're they're fairly recent they just come out of nowhere like someone just tells the Mm -hmm. story one time makes it up and then it gets spreads around because it's like a meme you know where it just like pops into through people's minds from Hmm. one person to the next and so like it, it makes a lot of sense to me that there are all these myths because People right. love stories. Sometimes it's good to like have people fear things, mm-hmm. but it's also just mm-hmm. fascinating. People love stories. That's why people watch movies. That's why people watch TV. That's why people read books. People just like hearing stories.
1: Right, and especially if it's more exciting than what we experience on mm, Earth. Yeah, And also, hey, speaking of uh, mythology... You know about monster Nian? Yeah, 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 I do. Yeah, because you know the Chinese New Year is upon us. You
0: should, you should tell this story because it's a perfect. Time okay, to
1: great. So, um, I actually didn't know about this monster for you know the longest time. We just celebrated the Chinese New Year with firecrackers. I read
0: this story to my children really? three weeks ago so in nice. preparation for. Yeah, it's a child. There's a children's yeah. book version of it, so I was like, okay, kids, let's gather around See, and learn now about this. We have all this, these uh, picture Ch-
1: books, right? When I was Little, we didn't have any of those Hmm. and it wasn't until i was an adult that i learned wait a minute so the chinese new year celebration actually started with something scary so basically you know um the chinese new year or we call it the spring festival this is like the oldest traditional festival in china Hmm. um and according to ancient chinese legend so there was this ferocious monster named nian and he's like, you know, green and red and blue. You can make up all these elements with, um, he's got to have sharp teeth, right? That poke out of his mm, mouth mm. and a horn or two. Well, he's all scary, right? Mm. And usually he lived in the dark sea. And, um, but then at the end of the lunar year, uh, according to the lunar calendar, he will like to go onshore and hunt people Ooh. and livestock. Ooh. So. <laughs> Um, of course, people didn't like that, and they didn't really have the weapon to fight him. So every time before the New Year's Eve, the villagers would just pack their bags and escape to remote mountains, right, to avoid the attack from Nian, this monster. So at that time, it wasn't like celebrations. You know, it was a it was a terrible time. You got to flee to the mountains. But then one time, there came this old man, a strange old man, into the village. Now. This is when you know that the story will get interesting. (laughs) And by an old man in Chinese stories, this old man should be wearing this traditional Chinese gown. He should have white silver hair flowing. And then he should have a silver beard, right? That's (laughs) like a long goatee. And he would be like smoothing the goatee. That's like, you know, when you say an old man in Chinese mythology and maybe like has a cane or so. So he uh, was disguised as a beggar, or maybe he was a beggar. I'm not too sure. So he went into the village, and uh, just when the village were packing up and ready to go into the mountains to hide. So this one old lady, kind old lady, came out to tell him that, Hey, old man, it's time to go. We can't stay here anymore. Here are some buns. Take these and run to the mountains. We're all going. And the old man was like, What do you mean? Why do I have to go? They always cough. Um, So, and of course, the old woman told her, the granny told him all about this monster. And this old man, he's like, I'm not afraid of no monsters. I'm going to stay. Tell me where your house is. I'm going to stay in your house and I'm going to deal with this dude. So, um, of course, the old nanny tried to uh, persuade him to go, but to no use. Then everybody else went, right? As usual. So this old man um, went into this old woman's house and he uh, lit up, lit up candles and he did some other preparations. So on the night of the Chinese New Year Eve, the monster Nian came as usual. He was going to get all the leftover humans and livestock and (laughs) have a feast. But then this time when he came into the village, he broke into the village. He saw something um, unusual and he sensed the subtle change in the atmosphere there was light in one of those houses how dare they right he he was thinking Mm. how dare you stay and challenge my authority um but he was curious and he went to the house and uh, of course he was uh afraid of the light and when he went closer he saw that on the doors and windows there are these red paper um like papers pasted on the doors and windows Mm. and this monster was terrified by the color red and before he could even Mm. you know figure out what was happening he heard these loud crackling sound like pili pala that's what we say in chinese you know the sound of things crackling yeah
2: and
1: those were um the old man burning bamboo Because that, I think that was pre-firecracker days. Mm, mm, mm. But if you burn bamboo, you know, the bamboo will crackle and make these loud sounds. So um, he was so terrified. He was uh, about to run away when this old man swung the door open and came out in this red gown. So everything as red as possible. Mm, mm. And this old man was roaring with laughter. (laughs) And that was like the last straw. So the monster Nian um, was completely frightened. He had never been frightened like like that before. He ran away, and I think he was probably psychologically scarred forever, still seeing her psychiatrist up to this day. (laughs) Um, And then, you know, when the people came back a few days later, they were shocked to discover that the village was intact. Mm. everything was as it was and so they basically um, remembered the right thing to do and that is you paste um, red paper red pieces of paper with mm. you know characters of good fortune written on them and uh, glue them onto your doors that those the, the red couplets right mm-hmm. and all your windows and then you wear red color right both uh, young and old you wear red and then you prepare something that will make loud noises. And hmm. later on, we use firecrackers. And you light it up uh, just when the clock strikes 12 midnight. Hmm. So um, basically, that's how this uh, our New Year celebration came about, hmm. according to these legends. Well,
0: however however it started. And I, 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 I kind of doubt there was a giant monster that came out of the ocean. <laughs> it is a lovely Why celebration. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but you know... Right now, what's really popular in the West are like these superheroes. So you have like a Batman mm. and Superman, Spider Man. I don't Thor. All these different superhero. Uh, Shang-Chi I guess like I haven't seen it yet but I want to mm-hmm. but they're all these superhero movies and they get retold over and over for the last hundred years or so Batman and Superman just keep coming back and there's a new one sooner than you would probably expect mm. I think like these are like the continuation of the, the, the impetus the feeling of of like trying to create myths. Mm. And so no one no one believes there's a Batman. No one believes there's a Superman or a Spider-Man unless they're, I guess they're a four-year-old child, right? Okay, so maybe a four, <laughs> four and five-year-old children <laughs> mm-hmm. may believe Spider-Man might be real, right? Mm. But like, you know, everyone else is like, yeah, this is just for fun. Mm. And so I'm wondering, you know, I don't think it's going to happen, but if there were like a period of time where like uh, we re-entered into a dark age, maybe they would be like, yeah, there used to be
2: the Batman. Hmm.
1: Well, you know, speaking of superheroes, <laughs> um, hmm. I think Chinese people have a different understanding hmm. um, because we do have real heroes in mm-hmm. our societies. Mm-hmm. I mean, of course, in the States and other cultures too, but we take them seriously. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, especially in special times, right? Like mm-hmm. in the past two years, and the special heroes that we've been um, respecting and honoring. Are people who go against the trend right when everybody else wanted to flee from the virus they went to the virus mm-hmm. to tackle the problem mm-hmm. and these are the heroes of our days um and I think I remember someone saying that the reason why one of the reason why the Chinese civilization has been uh, preserved right has been going and still going strong in mm-hmm. you know after five thousand years mm-hmm. is that because at, at every um in front of every disaster, or something terrible that happens. So in Chinese history, whenever there was a disaster happening, or something that seems to be out of um, Mm. the management of human race, someone always stood up, right? Someone always stood up and took up the responsibility. And there's the story, the uh, myth, uh, mythology about Da Yu Shui. So this guy named Da Yu, he was the one who finally dealt with all the flooding. Um, and found an effective way of dealing with the flooding, because flooding has always been a problem Mm -hmm. in certain parts of uh, China um, because of the terrain and all. And This this is not the Yellow Emperor? This is not the Yellow Emperor, Um, but it was, you know, the Yellow Emperor, I think, he was um, um, a very uh, effective Mm. leader. But one of the problems that he couldn't control was flooding. You know, he could he was able to unite the, the people, the country, and defeat his enemies. But he could not combat the, uh, the problem of this uh, natural disaster of this scale. So it took a few generations. Um, I think Da Yu's father also dealt with flooding, but wasn't very successful at it. And then Da Yu's way was, um, instead of building dams, he studied the geography how the water flows and, you know, the altitude of different places. So he, what he did was, um, to dig like canals and, um, other ways of, uh, letting Mm -hmm. the water out to let it flow in a natural course. So he found the right way. He spent like decades, the basically most part of his life, dealing with flood. And it was heroes like these. You know, they are, these are mythological figures, but I think they actually existed in history. Mm-hmm. Um, but they their stories get turned into mythology yeah, yeah. because people respect them so much. Yeah. But there was such a figure back then. And these are the heroes that, you know, we respect. And we've been respecting and honoring for, I don't know, a couple of thousand years yeah so i guess this is uh you know superheroes of uh, in in the chinese culture um the ones who dare to go against the current who take up the responsibility well in our last
0: episode you asked me about american values and you're mm. actually reminding me as a child we have an american hero too and mm. he's he's his name was johnny appleseed or actually that's not really his name mm. apparently his name was john or johnny or jonathan mm-hmm. But he was a person who went across the United States planting apples. So oh. this is a based on a real person who in fact did bring apples across America, mm-hmm. but he also kind of turned got turned into a cartoonish myth mm-hmm. where he he travels around with apple seeds planting apple trees across America.
1: Mm-hmm. This
0: person who brought apples from one side of the country to the other has become kind of a, a myth in America for like spreading the growing of apples
2: mm-hmm. across
0: you know, I love fruit. I got to tell you, mm-hmm. Apple's not one of my favorites. So Me he's not my personal here. I like strawberries or blueberries way watermelon way before apples. <laughs> right. But You know, there is this American myth of this. This man who is now referred to as Johnny Appleseed by most. I people. see.
1: But I got to say, Apple is it, it's simply the best fruit at least one of the best fruit you like apples i it's not like i like apples i don't really enjoy eating them because they make my lip (laughs) all red and they're so hard to to chew through Mm. but they are so good for the digestive system for everything they're just you know because for tasty things usually there are a few things that are bad about them right Mm. but the apple is like impeccable Mm. you know it has all the good values yeah um, if you if you can actually eat an apple a day, I think it's pretty true that you, you'll, you'll stay away from doctors for quite a while. <laughs>
2: um,
1: they are that good for you. It's just that nowadays we have so many different other choices. Mm, right. Mm, there mm. are things that are a little softer, a little sweeter, a little juicier. Mm. But the apple. It's like the the god is a fruit for you me. You
0: mentioned uh, going and fighting against the virus. You know, Wuhan used to be called hmm. City of Lights. That was its moniker. Every city has a moniker, and now hmm. now Wuhan is called City of Heroes. So actually, it got hmm. renamed its moniker mm-hmm. has changed from City of Lights to City of Heroes and it's really interesting if you stand on the banks of the Yangtze here in Wuhan all the buildings have this like a uh, giant light show and that's and all, they're like all lit hmm. up all the skyscrapers all of the residential compounds all of the business compounds they're all linked together by the city with this huge light show that goes on every night nightly it starts at 7 or 7.30pm and mm-hmm. it runs for like two or three hours wow. and for when I first arrived in Wuhan there were like pictures of like doctors and ambulances like going and stopping and being and mm. like basically a way of honoring all these people who literally right. put their lives on the line to make sure that other people would right. be able to to live and just to, to survive this right this incident
1: i think it's maybe hard for people to imagine mm. how scary and difficult it was at the very beginning mm. you know when people when all of a sudden people starting to get sick mm. and uh, some were also dying um it could be the end of the world for us it could be what's the word apocalyptic moment for us right yeah so it was when it was when we didn't know enough about it you know before the doctors went in because they didn't know it could be that the end has come the end had come so um i think it's uh you know we we have more than enough reason to honor them Mm-mm. and also a reminder for us as i mentioned that we are not invincible. We're not invincible. Mm. There are things that we should pay attention to that we should be a little afraid of. We, we should respect nature and nature's forces. We have listeners who are religious, uh, different religions. Um, and I think we can all agree, you know, for people who, who are religious, that if God or other figures in different religion is really mad, you now he or she or this figure could extinguish us with the tip <laughs> of his finger. Right?
0: Like the ast- asteroid wiping out the dinosaurs. Maybe,
1: exactly. So while we are feeling all full of ourselves, and all, you know, uh, smitten with our achievements and technologies and the crazy things we can do, also remember that literally with the explosion of one volcano, a whole mm-hmm. area, mm-hmm. a whole nation might be wiped out. Um, mm-hmm. And also, if we have more viruses liberated from the frozen tundras or other frozen ice in the north or the south pole that will be the end of us very likely right? it's we are reminded that that's all possible we are not um at the top of the world or the food chain. That I don't think there is a top.
0: Yes, we need to keep this is we just need to keep climbing.
1: Climbing and also <laughs> yeah, I'm and also joking. helping um the other ones, right? Uh on uh, uh, lower runs so that we can coexist. Yeah. I think the point is to coexist. You know, maybe when we are nice enough, the virus will be nicer (laughs) to us.
0: (laughs) You know, that is all the time we have today for the show, baby. Thank you so much for telling us all of these delightful stories.
1: I think it's it's fun to tell them and to make them up along the way. (laughs) Well, thank you, Jason. Bye, bye, guys.